Welcome to another episode of Books That Make Us Better. My name is Kayla Joe. My name is Megan. I'm Lydia. And I'm Jesse. I, before we get things started today, would like to uh, point out that there has not been a single noise in my background until we started the introduction and then dogs started to bark. I don't know, like it was right on cue. I don't know how that happens. And it is, uh, in my opinion, the perfect way to get started because this guidepost, guidepost number four, which we're talking about today, is all about cultivating gratitude and joy and letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark. And of all the guideposts so far, I've got to say, and let me know if you guys agree, this one so far has been my favorite. Yeah, yes, for sure. I agree. Definitely the one I need to work on the most. So that's, I felt a little yelled at, but also like a little, okay, yeah, good. Really? Yes. You know, like judged. I guess I just like see you as a- I'll tell you, you'll find out. I got some dark sides. (laughs) Just kidding. It's not dark. I don't know what that means, but I'm oddly into it. Not in a weird way. No, no. Oh, God, we just got way off track. There hasn't even been a nipple yet. (laughs) I noticed you said yes. Who's volunteering his tribute? Jesse's in front of the bar. Let's not, take it back to I. the scene of she's the crime. Got a, she's got that button that I think it would make it easier for than the rest of us with t-shirts on. <laughs> yeah, that fancy chef outfit looks like it just tears from the side. We believe the power to change lives is within ourselves. We believe with the right attitude, anything can be accomplished. We believe the amount of knowledge and insight available is limitless. But we don't think life should be taken too seriously. Books that make us better. An Alpha Media Podcast. Okay, so I guess first things first is how does Brene describe what gratitude is? Anyone? I felt like um, she just... Gratitude, I think, is saying like you're grateful for things, being grateful for things, but like it's something you have to actively practice is kind of what I took from it. Um, I was thinking of joy as being more of a a way of being that like hope. We talked about that last time anyway. But I think um, with her and gratitude, it was more like something that you have to do, something that you need to constantly practice daily. Like it's not something that just comes to you. Anyone else feel like that? Is that right. Kind of, yeah. Yep. She, she mentions keeping um, gratitude journals, doing daily gratitude meditations or prayers, creating some type of gratitude art, or even just stopping during the day in a moment that that you know is like pleasing or that you're enjoying to just say, "I am so grateful because," or "I am so grateful f- for this." And I mean, I feel like that's very accurate. Like sometimes we have to consciously be for what we have because we be swept up in all like the negative if we're reading mm-hmm. Facebook or you know watching yeah. or something so um, and f- for me like it's something with my anxiety like if I can be in the moment and if I'm like watching a movie with Keenan which we barely ever get to do I'm doing that and I take a moment to like acknowledge that it it helps bring me back into the present, but it's also me just acknowledging how grateful I am that we are on this Friday night and we can be uninterrupted. Do you, and then do you find that it's more effective when you say what you're grateful for out loud? 
Absolutely. Or I mean, and maybe not like out loud, but like if I actually acknowledge that specific in my head, like, mm-hmm. like when we took a vacation with the kids this year and I was, and we're like at the zoo. So great. I just, you know, thought to myself, like, I'm so grateful to be here in this moment watching talk to this giraffe. Cause it was a very adorable moment. <laughs> totally. So it, it matters. It helps. I think I had um, kind of an opposite moment. This seems like it's not on track, but just hold on for a second. The other night, um, I think it was like Sunday and I just was in a bad mood. And like, I I think I took some of this to heart and obviously you got to think and practice about being grateful, but I also kind of called myself out for being crabby. And like, I was downstairs putting laundry away and I was thinking about how Brene talked about when she has those moments she takes a moment to like dig deep or whatever and take a second to like think about it and then to try to turn your attitude around a little bit. And so I was putting laundry away and I like tried to take a second to, um, I don't know if it's really like to, I don't know if I would really consider it praying, but a lot of times when I feel anxious or stressed out, like, I'll just ask for a friendly reminder that like really at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff's not on me. Like I believe that life happens the way it happens. And I think that we get the things that we deserve to get at the time we're meant to get them. And um, so anyway, I was just thinking like, this is not even anything I have to worry about. And so taking those times, whether it's to be grateful or just to acknowledge that maybe you're not in a good mood and to try to like swap it around, I think it's kind of impactful to acknowledge that whether it's something positive or whether you're feeling negative. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I would agree. Today would have been a really easy way, easy day for me to be negative all day because I started Monday being like, all right, Cora's going to preschool. Ira's going to daycare. I got three good days of childlessness for me to get work done finally. And then of course she sick gets croup right away. Like decidedly, you know, the cough did not get better. It got Uh worse. And instead of, you know, wallowing in that today, I definitely did yesterday. I was definitely kind of mad about it yesterday afternoon because I could just see my whole week crumbling before me. And instead today, like I got, I got to have so many cuddles (laughs) that I don't normally get. And I actually did get some, I had some productive time and that, you know, for me, checked a box. Like I, I felt a little guilty about doing it, but at the same time I was like, I'm just gonna, Cora's learning with her Homer app. Iris taking a nap. Like I'm going to do some work and I'm going to feel good for myself then. And then, but I still got to like hang with the kids. And so, and And like, that was more of an inward feeling grateful thing, you know? Um, So definitely, like I could have absolutely just gone the other way. It could have been a total negative day, but instead, yeah, like I just took a moment to be like, okay, there's some good things that come out of this. Like it's going to, I got to dust my walls. Yeah. (laughs) What a a treat. Like, come on, who gets to do that? With you have kids napping twice. Right. (laughs) 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 That's for sure. The lucky ones. But, oh, I wanted to step back, though, because when Lydia was saying that, like, when you notice that you're, like, grateful with somebody or you have, like, a bit of a moment of gratitude, I have started to say it out loud 
uh, when I'm trying to anyway, to people like specifically Rob, but to other people around me, because I decided that I was like, well, if I'm feeling grateful, like maybe I should say like, you know, like it can be kind of a thank you or like a nod and be like, hey, like I'm really grateful for what was happening right now. And this is really great. And I'm happy to be spending time with you. So like, thanks. Um, That's great. So I like that's something plus I feel like for me, putting it out loud makes it stick you know like when i need to remember that i had a moment of gratitude it's easier for me to make it stick if i said it out loud i like i don't know it's sort of like writing things down anyway yeah i think i mean that and i feel like that's been good for rob and i too just like saying like because otherwise you can just sit there in silence and like i'll silently be happy right (laughs) or no idea (laughs) yeah i can see i can speak it out loud and say like i'm happy right now yeah and there's those moments too that like we were just talking before um i pressed record about how our dryer got funky on sunday night and monday i woke up and tony had the dryer like on its side and kind of torn apart and he was looking into it tony does a lot of stuff with wires and all of that anyway and I did have a moment where I was like, man, I'm really thankful that like, he's someone that can like look into it and investigate mm-hmm. it and maybe could have potentially fixed it, even though we reached for, you know, an outside source anyway. But did I say that? No. <laughs> so like, probably it would have been helpful. And um, I think especially some of that stuff is like on the tip of my brain because a good friend of mine just lost her husband a couple of weeks ago. And so like, I have these thoughts of like, you know, there's that was really nice for me to have help and support in doing that and something that I wouldn't have been able to do. And so, you know, when people that you love go through things like that, I think it always pushes that stuff to the forefront of your brain anyway. So gratitude. Um, I also wanted to say after reading this that I restarted my bullet journaling. Um, I, I was doing it up to like May and then I don't know, the summer hit and I stopped bullet journaling, but it's, it's a good way for me to keep track of like what I'm doing for the week. Uh So like I'm showing you guys, but like, this is my, this is just like my little what's going on daily. And then like, I just do a task list because that's easier for me. But then I started making a little gratitude spot because I was like, I need to write it down so that I remember. And it started with you guys uh, because I like, I started this like right after last week and I was like, my first thing was I have excellent authentic friends and I was thinking of you guys because there is so much authenticity in this little group here and you're my friend so deal with it um would love to uh so I was like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this up and I'm gonna always put a little gratitude thing in there and I know it's like kind of middle school girl whatever but I'm doing it gonna do it did you do that calligraphy yes uh, but it's not calligraphy. It's just cursive. No, that looks like calligraphy. Okay, well, that, that is calligraphy-ish to me. Oh my gosh, look at you. Stop. Well, I wish I could do that. I have a book that taught me how to do it. Jesse can do it. Is that you no. raising your hand? Oh, no. okay. I'm like, you good. Mm-hmm. I literally just copy things. If I look at it, I can copy it. I can write in stuff really nicely, but I can't make it like look that fancy. Mm-mm. I saw your writing on a winery board and I thought it was lovely. So disagree. I should have been a teacher just because of my writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all it takes, right? Does he just nice yes, writing? Just fan- so I don't have that. So I don't know. <laughs> I have very nice handwriting, like impeccably. It looks typed, but it is very tiny. Very 
And so I don't utilize my handwriting a lot on like whiteboards because no one can read it. So, but then I'm also the person. So when she was talking about making a list, I think about how many lists, like I make a list for the day, but then I get mad because like, um, I capitalized something and didn't mean to, or something's out of order or a letter's the wrong way. So then I have to rewrite the list because it's not pretty enough. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, no one cares. No one's going to see it. I'm the only person that's utilizing this. It doesn't matter, but I will rewrite it because like my pen broke. And so I sharpened it or my pencil broke and I sharpened it. And now the letters look different and they don't match the ones that were in the top. Like this is, I need, I need, you're you're speaking to my soul. Absolutely. Same. Megan, I just want to know. Oh, go ahead. No, I just want to know how much of my life I've wasted rewriting lists that don't like, I know it's hours. This is why I quit bullet journaling. That's why I stopped doing it fancy and doing like just a bullet list because I was like, I'm wasting too much time doing this. And then I saw it back and I was like, no, I want this little gratitude spot and it's going to look fucking pretty. (laughs) Damn it. It's not going to be like, I just quick wrote a gratitude thing. No. I know it can't just be like, I don't hang out at average Joe's gym. I hang out at Globo gym with the cool kids. I got, I got to put rainbows (laughs) in my life. Okay. And this is even like fall colored because it's into September. It has to be this way. I'm in the season, even that pretty. I have a friend who does it way better than this. Oh my gosh. I could aspire to that, but I think I'd be doing like, I wouldn't be working for hours. Yes. So, and this is where I come back to, hi, my name's Jesse, and I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> like, help me. Oh, you guys, she's in her shame swamp. I'm not shameful about it. I'm honest. I just don't know how to, like, get out of it. Like, I was hoping that I would have a little bit better coping mechanisms going into mm-hmm. the school year, but I'm noticing, like, old behavior creep up, and I'm like, ah, go away. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> but I can't stop. I, like, I just, it's who I am. So then I'm like, oh, man. Perhaps there's some things that we can retain and then others that we can let go of. Sure. Instead of just going cold turkey. Like, it seems stupid to try and cut everything out. I'm not gonna. I know. Fuck that shit. I know. <laughs> so maybe that's just one thing that lingers. And then yeah, I, just like, it's okay. Yeah, just just accept things. it. Okay. Accept it. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm not grateful for it, though. I Plus, it's not it. like toxic. I mean. No. Really? Because like, you're maybe giving yourself a little you time. When you're writing, writing lists, I don't like it. Yeah, like, I but if you, <laughs> but if you like it, if you like the writing aspect, because I don't know, I mean, some people like to just write things. That's true. If it's giving nah. you joy to make uh, it look perfect, mm-mm. if it's it not, then me, maybe it's time to eliminate that. It gives it, the only reason it gives me joy is because it relieves the anxiety of having an ugly list. Like, so it's not the <laughs> actual action, it just relieves the, like, maybe you could type the list instead. I, I, I was going to suggest that. Yeah. <laughs> Lydia says no. No, what? you have to write it. I know. It's so different. So I, I mean, it definitely sticks that. better. I know it does. Yeah. And I tried using your notepad, like on your iPhone, because you can create a bubble to like mm-hmm. check, yeah. you know, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's not. No, I mean, I think this is valid things that people struggle with. It's very first world, but 
Um, I think these are things that people actually struggle with. I, I don't really know any differently, I guess, than to have yeah. problems. I am having a moment where I'm thankful for my Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> because I have many less fucks to give yeah, I mean, when I, I medicate it. <laughs> I spend all my fuck bugs every day and more. Like I'm in the I probably have an overdraft fee of fuck bugs. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. You're in the red. I'm in the red for sure. That's overdrafting. Too many bugs. fucks, not enough bugs. <laughs> 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 so let's um shift gears as i i hate leaving Sorry. this topic because that was i wish i could make that the title but i just <laughs> feel like maybe that wouldn't be appropriate but this um eh. next part of the book is one of my favorite parts and that goes back to um the book of joy which i kind of got off on a tangent on it during the last episode but joy mm-hmm like one of my favorite topics of all time and Brene talks about how happiness is attached to external situations and events and essentially joy is something completely different so it seems to be constantly tethered to our hearts by spirit and gratitude but our actual experiences of joy these intense feelings of deep spiritual connection and pleasure sees us in a very vulnerable way so like happiness comes and goes so Happiness is an emotion like anger or sadness or, you know, any emotion that just is fleeting, but how joy is more of like a mental state and just a a way of living almost. And I think that when we look at it that way and we understand that happiness and joy are not the same thing. When I read the book of joy and realized those are two different things, that was like earth shattering for me. I mean, it's no wonder when you, when you've, put it like that it's no wonder that people are always searching for it i mean it seems so unattainable i feel like this is like uh, this is something that i I feel like myself for sure and probably a lot of people are always looking to just be joyful but you can't just be joyful there's always i don't know maybe with maybe it's an anxiety thing but there's always something in the way there's always something I mean, we're getting into this, <laughs> We're getting into the thing that's definitely where I'm going to expose myself. But um, the part I, I right, like again, <laughs> we're going to expose ourselves again. Michael already did it. that. Yeah, yeah I volunteered his tribute. Didn't we you hear me? Check to that box. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had to do that. <laughs> Wait, this now. is a part of it? <laughs> I'm trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> Um, Oh, sorry. So, (laughs) Joy, going back. The part, I highlighted this, and I really liked it. I don't, it gave me a good image. Um, The word, I looked it up in Greek, Cairo, is how they pronounced it, uh, was described by the ancient Greeks as the culmination of being and the good mood of the soul. And I thought, oh, yeah, the good mood of the soul. Like, it just seems, it gives you this really beautiful picture of what joy could be for you. And I think, I don't know, it just seems, it feel, really feels like light just radiating, you know, when you, when you put in a picture to the mental image. So, I don't know. I oh, still that feel like it's something. Think of people who like, I always view them as very like light. They're just seem very bright. And even if 
something hard happens or like they go through a experience, something about them that's like that shines. And I guess maybe those that person, whether or not they realize it, has figured that out. Like I've got yeah. there's just some people in my life that just always seem like there's like an inner light out of them. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Perhaps. That's crazy, but I'm gonna ask them for their yeah. secrets. Well, and it's all in my opinion in how you look at the situation. Like I honestly, even when our dryer like was on the fritz, like that would really upset a lot of people because that's dryers are not cheap. Like mm-hmm. they're spendy appliances. They're an appliance that it's hard to be without. And I mean it's less convenient to not have a dryer, but I was like, Tony and I both kind of had the attitude of like, well, I mean, there's no point in being mad about it. It is what it is. If we have to get a new one, then that just is what it is. You know, if we can fix it super, but I I really appreciate that about our household that like the money stuff is not really a hang up for us. And that's not to say that we're like loaded because we're not, we're just like, you know, normal human beans but like i can appreciate that that kind of stuff doesn't get us down and maybe that in itself is kind of a privilege very well could be most of my thoughts thinking about like where do you where does one find joy and what what brings it to your life you know it's not like things and the way that Brene brown puts it is that it's not maybe it's not found i don't know i (laughs) This could get deep for me because I just, this concept has always been very difficult for me to understand. And like, I can understand happiness and I can understand positivity. Those things make sense to me. But like joy and just like having it, I guess I, I don't know. (laughs) It's difficult for me. Cause it's maybe it's one of those things that isn't like a surety and perhaps I'm one of those people that it's black and white for me and it's hard for me to see the gray. I don't, this is, this is a difficult, difficult concept for me and possibly that's why I struggle with it. Well, and I wonder too, as I, I kind of been in a similar situation where like happiness is tied to circumstance. So that's very easy to see like, this makes me happy. This doesn't make me happy. And joy again, being tied more to that spiritual side and that gratitude side if you're not heavy in practicing either of those, then it's hard to probably understand and realize and recognize that. Mm-hmm. So, and I know I do, I say that I'm grateful, but it was like that example in the chapter that she talks about, like having a yoga attitude, like you can wear the clothing and, you know, say namaste and preach about mindfulness. But if you don't actually do it, uh, you know, do you, do you really practice yoga? There's a difference mm-hmm. between just talking about it and being about it. And so I may say that I'm spiritual and that I, uh, you know, practice gratitude, but I, at the end of the day, I don't do it often enough for it to really encompass who I am. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, That's and fun. not to like turn it to a different book, but since we are on the topic of joy, Sunny, is he squeaking? Oh, I'm is sorry. I'll mute no. my mic. Yes. No, you're totally fine. That's just so funny. <laughs> so um, there's a chapter specifically 
And I brought this up because we were talking about where does joy come from? And this I just thought was very topical. So I wanted to bring it up. So in the book of joy, I talked about this, I think on the last podcast, but it's the Dalai Lama and he meets with Archbishop Desmond Tutu. So you've got two completely different like spiritual backgrounds. Um, You know, we've got Buddhism and then we've got Christianity. And um, the Archbishop was asking you know, the Dalai Lama, because he's experienced so much suffering in his life. Like he had to, I mean, just like crazy, crazy stuff. And so the archbishop asked him, you know, you've been able to maintain joy in the face of suffering. How have you been able to do it? And he said, well, I have certainly been helped by many other people. One of the good things is realizing that you are not a solitary cell. You are a part of a wonderful community that's helped me very greatly. As we were saying, if you are setting out to be joyful, you are not going to end up being joyful. You're going to find yourself turned in on yourself. It's like a flower. You open, you blossom, really because of other people. And I think some of the suffering, maybe even intense suffering, is a necessary ingredient for life and certainly for developing compassion. And so like a part of creating joy is having to go through those times in life that are not joyful. And he talks about Nelson Mandela and how he was, he had spent 27 years in jail And it was a waste because he ended up getting out. But Nelson Mandela talks about how he spent 27 years without feeling the rain. And so when it would start to rain, where most people would run out of the rain, he would run into the rain because the feeling of the rain on his skin brought him so much joy because it was something... (laughs) (laughs) that he wasn't able to experience for so long. And so I think when we go through, you know, the really rough things in life, it really adds a whole nother layer of perspective. And so maybe, you know, when we think about it that way, we can even somewhat be grateful for the really tough things in life. Yeah. So deep. I could see that. Yeah. This is such a a challenging topic for me. But I love that. I love everything you just read. That was really poignant. It really was. Jesse, are you okay? I just, um, I think we're getting a straight up example of joy and it is sunny. This is joy. Sunny is joy. Okay. I'm so sorry, but I just got joy. No. So I was trying, he's squeaking his toy. And so I want, it's a stock pot with celery and a carrot coming out. I saw that. And then, so precious. I'm like, oh, you got to see this because it's so funny. And then he can't like, he has to have that because he's just very, so he jumped on the freaking table to get it. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Kayla, joyful. I'm going to need you to send me the recording later so I can turn <laughs> just that part into a cute little fun video. Oh, would love to. <laughs> would love to do that. <sighs> if you're oh, going to do fun little videos, I'll send you Michael's nipple too. And we can just, oh, turn it we can into- do it all together. Oh my God. We're yes. going to make a mashup. Yeah. yeah like would be great. The, the wacky world of where Jesse comes from. <laughs> Trouble happens when you sit in front of the bar, I've noticed. Uh, yes, it's literally. It's a troublesome place. Oh, my gosh. So sorry. Yes, dog toys. And uh, Kayla so graciously gave us, donated some dog extra dog toys that she got. Were they from your brother? I can't remember. Yeah, he orders BarkBox and has one dog. So okay. it just was like a plethora of 10,000 toys. So Sunny <laughs> has gone through one each week and is loving it. I only give him one. 
I love that. This yes. always, is the stock pot. Yes. I always wanted to do bark box, but Hazel could give two shits about toys. She does not care. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really care about any of their treats. And she's kind of sensitive tummy. So we never did it. But I love watching Sunny and be very excited about that toy. Well, before we great. get up. Before we end, I'll, I've got a great story about this weekend to tell you about Sunny. So anyway, back to the task at hand. I don't yeah, know. Back to joy. <laughs> back to joy. I yeah. guess if we talk about um, being grateful for the shitty lessons in life, that kind of leads us into scarcity and fear of the dark. This is this is the part that spoke to me. <laughs> because I, um, I very much can identify with the part um well the anxiety um part just kind of getting in the way of gratitude and joy because i like that i mean that's why i have to say it out loud and i have to write it down because otherwise like your anxiety can just squash it so easily um and i think i mean this is like the this goes back to glennon doyle's thing when she was talking about like losing her cat or like loving your cat, but don't love your cat too much because they're going to die someday. Like that is, I get that. That is like me all the time. Never wanting to give too much. I know I talked about it last time, but like I cannot give too much to situations because I'm afraid that I'm going to lose what I gave, you know, or I'm going to lose something that was important to me, like that person or that thing. And if I give too much, and then I lose it, it's going to be huge. It's going to be this big hole. And so I can see where anxiety and fear of scarcity can get in the way of gratitude and joy. And I, and I can see where you'd have to actively practice gratitude and like willingly put yourself out there and like be your full authentic self instead of holding back. Cause I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I hold back. I mean, even with my kids, like I want to be fully invested, but I'm always afraid of losing them always. And like, this is something I can't, like, I talk so much about this with my therapist, like being afraid, especially with COVID just like so terrified of losing these two amazing little beings that I love so much. Absolutely. This gets in the way. This is the stuff that, yeah, like, I mean, I know I'm not the only one. I know there are other people out there who feel the exact same way. You can't practice gratitude and you can't practice joy because I mean, you can try and you're going to keep trying, but like this shit's going to get in the way. And even being medicated, like I can manage it. And I can talk myself out of a spiral, but it's still like really hard to give my full self. So there you go. This is the point where I was like, I'm here. So I totally felt called out in this specific section for like exactly what you're talking about. And like almost like was like looking around, like, is anybody like looking at me while I'm reading this? (laughs) But where she talks about the vulnerability shiver. So the vulnerability shiver being that when you feel like something's too good and you take it as a warning sign that something bad's going to happen. I literally do that all the time. Like this is too good to be true. Something's going to be, something's going to happen. And it could be something so simple as like, I talked about this when we went on vacation, like we got a front row parking spot at the airport and I instantly was like, we're going to miss our flight. 
Like, because like there was no reason why something good should happen. So the, the only reason something good should happen is because something bad's going to happen. And that constant mm-hmm. thought process is like so disgusting, but I do it every day. Yeah. Like, I, I do. Instead of just being like, Hey, how awesome front row parking spot. I'm so grateful. I'm like, Oh my God, our plane's going to crash. Like that's instantly where I go. Cause like, why would something good happen unless something bad's going to happen? Why? So like, why do we think we need to suffer? I don't why? know. Why do we think that that's like it's necessary? Bizarre. It can't just be good. Like no. things can't just be good. No. no, I, and I like feel like I, it's so ingrained in me and I don't know why. Like I don't have, I like always think about like, I don't have like childhood trauma or something that happened in my life where I shouldn't, where I, feel like I should have a thought process like that but Mm. I definitely have it and it's deep it's like rooted like a very old tree yeah I don't yeah man I'd love to unpack that with my therapist weird do we think that moving in sixth grade that was enough (laughs) to make me feel like that (sighs) yes about my parents divorce so yeah it's so bizarre just like okay can't I can't just look at something and be like oh I'm so grateful and thankful and what a what a nice thing to happen I'm just like oh whoop, something bad's gotta something right. bad's gotta happen What's so gonna drop? I was listening oh my gosh I just feel like I have so much self-help shit happening around me right now I was watching this YouTube video today by this Jack Canfield that I just was telling you I bought the audible book because I had a credit and he talks about at what age do we make these decisions? Because like, even though that doesn't feel like a decision somewhere in your brain, you made the decision that if something good happens, well, something bad's going to happen. And so like taking it back to like, when, what was I doing of like, where was I when I first made the decision that if something good happens and something shitty obviously is going to happen next. Like that would be really interesting to like, for you to like really sit back and try to figure out when that started. I don't, someone's going to have to hypnotize me because it's, it's been a lot. It's repressed. <laughs> no, it's so someone's going to have to pull it out of my brain. Cause it's <laughs> been a lot. You know, he talked just a lot about how we make these like decisions about ourselves and then it becomes ingrained in who we are. And just like Glennon Doyle would say, we're not in the boxes. We think we are like, you know, all of these things are, stuff that we can all actively work on not that any of it would be an immediate fix you know this probably would be something that maybe could gradually get better but like i don't know it's interesting because these are all decisions that somewhere along the line we've just made concrete in our head and they're not even Mm -hmm. true the door is not locked yeah that's so true when Um, i was reading this the what i mean I actually read it like three times because I couldn't believe that somebody else experienced the same thing. When Brene writes about standing over her daughter to watch her sleep, feeling all these like, um, like, I love you so much. I love you so much. And then being instantly like something awful is going to happen to you. And I have done that with all three of my kids. Like I have stopped myself. Like I'll, when, cause I'm a co-sleeper and they would like be right next to me and I would like think all these lovey-dovey things and I just would only like, squeeze her face and everything. And then I would just like instantly be filled with this certainty that like they like weren't going to wake up in the, in the morning or something was awful would happen. And I like couldn't stop thinking about that. And reading her talking about that, I just, I felt so seen. <laughs> 
I'm not crazy that this is something that people really experience. And yeah. I mean, yeah, like I have had to make serious conscious efforts to not let my brain go there when my kids are tiny, 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 or even like, it doesn't even matter. I guess I still remind myself that guys yeah, still have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Same. So Gosh. wait till you get into this mind fuckery. Sorry for my language. So I, and Kayla, I know, I don't know if you ever got this book, but the secret, when you read that, it's all about how your mind, like thoughts become things. So whatever you think about, you bring about you, your, your mind puts out energy into the universe that attracts other energy. And so then you get into the cycle that I get in that is like, okay, when something good happens, I think about something bad has to happen. But then I think about thinking about something bad having to happening and knowing that I'm attracting it. And so then it's just this like chaotic, like circle of don't think like that, but I'm thinking it, don't think like that. You're going to bring it. It's going to happen. Don't think like that. You know what I mean? And then it's just like, Oh my gosh, if anybody could yeah. see inside my head, they'd be like, she's a wackadoodle. No, like I totally, send her to the funny farm. I do the same thing. Like, but I think of it as like for me, it's about like karma. Oh, Annalise, you're so cute. Um, the it's like karma. I think like I okay, so I know I say out loud naughty things that are not okay for like, you know, like wishing bad things on people, you know, like things I shouldn't say. I, Do you have like, a voodoo doll? No, but dang I, it, that's what I, I was mean, envisioning. I should. <laughs> we, I you can did think say of dark a few. things were going to come out tonight. So uh, I'm, it feels dark. This feels like a dark place to reside. I resided there for some months after Ira, so like it does feel dark for me. Um, anyway, uh, I still feel like karma. So like I try even though I think these naughty things and I think like horrible things about I don't know something happening to somebody. I try not to say it out loud because I think if I say it out loud, like I can bring that back on me. I definitely, I believe in that thing. Like saying Beetlejuice? Yeah. But like, it's like bringing bad karma on yourself because you wish bad karma on someone else. Yes. Like Beetlejuice. 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 So then she's done it. (laughs) Please, please make him come into the picture. (laughs) But you know, what's funny is that like, I can make a like example of like how like, hey, you wouldn't have to think this way. There's no way that could logically happen. But then when I think about it in my head, I'm like, it's going to happen. Yeah, Like I'm perfectly okay with like trying to help rationalize with someone, but I can't rationalize with myself. Yeah. Yeah. This is why like it's really hard for me, especially right now with um, just the whole everything going on with vaccines right now. Um, and having, I have a really hard time having empathy for people who are currently getting sick or dying right now. Um, mostly because of the vaccine status. So, okay. There's some more darkness. Um, I have a very hard time being empathetic. I don't want those things to happen. And so I'm still, I'm battling this because I think this is, this was preventable, but also I'm so sorry for their families and I'm so sorry for them. And I'm so sorry for like everything. So I'm battling this constant of like, don't wish anything bad. Don't think anything bad about this because you're going to bring it back on you. This could still impact you. You're not in the clear yet. Like, yeah, you're vaccinated, but you're not in the clear yet. (sighs) This, this is where my brain is. I'm like, my kids aren't vaccinated. You're not in the clear yet. And then what? And then when I'm in the clear, then what, what am I going to think? Still going to think it. I'm still going to be like, nope. Anything could happen. You need to think nice things. Even though I'm usually a very outwardly 
I say what I mean, right? Okay, like you guys know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know mm-hmm. that about you. But in my brain, it is fuckery, just like Jesse says. <laughs> I have that same thought process, Megan. Like I have to nice thoughts because otherwise I'm screwing myself over. Yeah, something could happen. Yeah. Gosh, now I'm like wondering what's wrong with my brain for not having these thoughts. You're a good girl. Don't what have them. Don't, don't trick yourself. Well, lastly, I guess the last point that she touches um, is scarcity. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is also really great. She has that whole section where she kind of actually, no, I'm sorry, it's not Brene. It's Lynn Twist. Brene's talking about Lynn Twist. And um, Lynn addressed myth of scarcity and then talks about like how from the moment we wake up in the morning, our first thought is like, we didn't get enough sleep. I don't have enough time. And then we spend our days feeling like we don't, we, we don't exercise enough. We don't, we don't, we don't work hard enough. We don't have enough. We don't have enough power. We don't have enough, all these things or like our um, we don't have the body we want. We're not smart enough. We're not perfect enough. And how it's just how it can snowball into this life that's like not what we want because we're just never enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I highlighted the part where Lynn says, uh, before we even sit up in bed, before our feet touch the floor, we're already inadequate already behind, already losing, already lacking something. And by the time we go to bed at night, our minds race with a litany of what we didn't get or didn't get done that day. And I'm like, yep, that hit me. And you like, and I let like anxiety paralysis or not anxiety, like ADHD paralysis. (laughs) Like when you, you have like a list of things that you wanted to get done. And then like, you finally have the moment to do it, but you're just paralyzed because you don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. That's me at the end of the day. I can't. Like, I just don't even try anymore. I give myself something very basic and like, that's it. And then I'm oh. not going to try. I've noticed that I do that at work. If I have too much stuff that it feels overwhelming, I'll not do any of it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's not productive. <laughs> that was not <laughs> that's that's my work. work. But here we are. Yeah, yep. I'm done so that. eventually, and I can, now that I'm aware that I do that, I will catch myself doing it and give, like Megan said, I'll give myself something small to do to just like get started. Mm-hmm. But like, shoot, I'll be like, oh man, I really need to look into this membership. That seems mm-hmm. really complicated. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's up on Facebook? <laughs> Right. And then I'm like, stop it. Because Facebook's not a healthy place to be anyway. And it does have some good stuff on it. But for the most part, I think that places like Facebook really, um, really push the scarcity mindset because everybody makes it appear as if they, you know, have it all. And Mm. nobody does like they make it appear like they have the perfect kids or the perfect marriage and the perfect house and the perfect everything. And like, that's just not real life. But when you, you know, I saw a picture on Facebook the other day that said social media and it was a picture of an apple in front of the mirror and like the apple looked perfect. But then on the back of the apple that you didn't see in the mirror, there was a big like rotten bite taken out of it. Mm. And how like that is what social media like you only see the pretty parts that people want you to see. And so, you know, I think when we take a look at that, we have this fake image of what somebody else's life is like. And then we feel like our own lives are lacking. And I think that that really feeds the scarcity mindset. 
she kind of talks about this exact thing with a little bit of a twist um, at the end of the chapter. And I kind of, I highlighted this section that talks about scarcity is great fuel for gremlins in her earlier, um, she says in my earlier research um, and in uh, this more recent research, I realized how many of us uh, have bought into the idea that something has to be extraordinary um, if it's going to bring us joy. And then she goes on to discuss how we've, as a society, we seem to measure the value of people based on their contributions, their level of recognition, their fame and fortune. And we're so quick to dismiss that quiet, ordinary, hardworking person. Um, and we equate it with being ordinary as being boring. Um, and then thus meaningless. Uh-huh. And so you can't, you know, find she in the beginning of the chapter builds up that base of like being showing gratitude and being joyful for those ordinary moments are going to help create a more joyful life. But we just don't perpetuate that as being valued in in society and culture. Well, we don't appreciate it until it's gone. And that's the interesting thing because like we, um, I also co-sleep and like, like I really love some of those moments that happen every day that like you don't really appreciate. Like, cause Liam will always lay down in bed with me at night. And then those are the times that we talk about our day. And like, you know, when he gets home from school, I'll be like, how was your day? And he'll be like, fine. And then that's all he wants to say about it. But like, when it's like the quiet, ordinary moments at night, he'll just like, tell me all of this stuff that he just didn't feel like telling me earlier. And like, do I want to go to bed? Yeah, for show, because my alarm goes off at four 20 in the morning. But like, I like those ordinary moments or like coming home and having your spouse be home or, you know, like all of a sudden we don't have our spouse and well, shit really wish that they were standing there when I walked in the door, you know, it's like those ordinary moments that we don't appreciate at the time until they're gone. And then all of a sudden it's like, shit, I really miss that. And like, that's the tough thing, you know, not to bring it to parenting, but like, I know that soon Liam needs to go into his own room. Part of it is that we have very opposite schedules. I'm up really early. Tony does not get up early. So when I get up, it almost makes more sense to, for us not to sleep in the same room because I just end up waking him up when my alarm goes off at four 20, he doesn't need to get up for another like four hours. And so, um, but I secretly know that when those days are over, I will feel sad about that. Because, like, I'll miss those moments with Liam at night that he tells me all about his day. And I get that that can't go on forever. So I guess I'm just trying to appreciate it while I have it. But I mean, it's it's so it might tell you it might like when my mom was would have meetings and what like on the school board and all these things. And when she would come home from meetings, I'd be waiting in the kitchen for her, like sitting at the island. And I'm sure what she wanted to do was go to bed, but she would sit with me and say whatever. And I'm 36 and I'll just like go to her house and we'll just like talk or whatever. I never left that. Um, It just kind of evolved into maybe not as frequent, obviously, but the fact that you do now that you're creating a space for him that he knows is always there. So it might evolve, but I don't know that it'll ever go away. Well, that's comforting because I would prefer it not to. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it totally established a good thing for sure. Yeah. Oh, I just was going to just reiterate that when we have that gratitude mindset, 
I mean, maybe paying more attention to the ordinary would not be a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Maybe I know the pandemic sucked, but like taking a moment to back up into that pandemic mindset when we were all spending time, well, not all, a lot of people were spending more time at home and slowing down and you weren't able to do the things you had done before. And I just wonder like, yeah, it was stressful, but there was also like a lot, there was a lot of growing, I think possibly, maybe some people didn't, but uh, I feel like there was a lot of things that we all learned about ourselves in that time. And possibly we were grateful for learning new lessons, whatever that may be. So maybe, I don't know, that's, I guess that's what I'm telling myself. I'm going to go back to that pandemic mindset. While it was very difficult, um, it kind of sucked at some times. It was still, there was a lot that I learned. Yeah. What was interesting about that is Tony and I would kind of joke um, because we have a really big yard in our backyard. And so we would, we still do take the dogs out there and they're on long leashes, so they can't go anywhere, but then we'll just sit and kind of let them run responsibly. But like we saw more of our neighbors out walking. So like we weren't sitting with them, like it wasn't a gathering, but like we would yell at each other from across the way. And we were like, we've talked to our neighbors more like and gotten to know these people more of course not at a close distance but like in this whatever month time then we had in you know five six seven years of living here it's totally true yeah and so i loved slowing down i wish we could i mean i don't want to be in a pandemic but i love the that mindset of just Mm -hmm. taking life a little slower agreed yeah, I have the same exact situation happen with all of my neighbors. Like I knew them, but now I know them. Mm-hmm. And they're all grandmas and grandpas. We have no young people except for like one family, <laughs> but they're great. They're excellent people. Yeah. Very fun, fun neighborhood. Okay. So I think that it would be wise of us to wrap up this chapter on gratitude with the dig deep that Brene Brown has at the end of each chapter. Get deliberate. Yeah. I like that she put an actual thing in there. I want to throw that out there where she put something like she gave you a, she gave you something to say, I'm feeling vulnerable. That's okay. But I'm so grateful for, which I like. It seems very basic. Uh, sorry, Kayla, I cut you off. No, it was fine because I was making sure I was on the right chapter. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah, oh, she yeah. spelled that one out pretty easy. Pretty easy yeah. for us. Like um, the next one is get inspired. So she says that she is so inspired by the daily doses of joy that happen in those ordinary moments, like walking my kids home from school, jumping on the trampoline and sharing family meals. Acknowledging these moments are really what life is about has changed my outlook on work, family and success. Mm-hmm. And the last one, get going. Yeah, which seems that um, pretty straightforward. Like, you know, find what it is that helps you um, get your gratitude. Practice gratitude, yeah. Practice your gratitude and then do it. Get out there and go do it. You know, even if it's hard and even if it sucks and even if you <laughs> your anxiety gets in the way of your joy and your gratitude, keep trying. Because I think overall it could be, uh, I think it's a good step forward. So, so she's like, talking about like activities, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Gratitude having like a gratitude jar, something that mm-hmm. you can, I always <laughs> like the idea one. of the gratitude jar of like, uh, you started at the beginning of the year and then, you know, at the end of the year, you, you look back on the moments that brought you joy or that you were enjoying mm-hmm. in that moment. I always think that's a cool idea. And then New Year's Eve comes and I never do it. But yeah, <laughs> I'm more familiar with the swear jar, but I'll <laughs> give gratitude a try. Thank you for listening to another week of the Books That Make Us Better podcast. Don't forget to join us next Friday at 5 a.m. as we discuss Guide Post 5. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Books That Make Us Better podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and share. We'll talk next week. Thank you.